Hi, welcome to Gab's Alville Office. This is my new podcast. My name is Gabriel Calandri. I'm a Division Three runner at the College of New Jersey, entering my final cross-country season. And I'm excited to present to you kind of my perspective on my journey, but also a majority of the focus of this podcast will be about pro running, college running, something something tangible for you guys to resonate with in the world of the sport. And I think today is a great opportunity for you guys to learn about one of my good friends on my cross-country and track team, um, Michael Rodriguez. Uh, I recorded the podcast yesterday or the episode. Uh, we went into a pretty good conversation, a little introduction. Um, Michael's... Uh, just finished up his freshman year at the College of New Jersey, ran really fast, super motivated to do really well this cross-country season. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, thanks. But hi, Mike. Mike Rodriguez. Um, welcome to the podcast. Um, you're one of my teammates at TCNJ, rising sophomore, had a fantastic freshman year. Um, what ran what twenty six, thirty for the eight k, in cross last fall, and then transitioned to the mile indoors where you ran, what four seventeen if I'm right, correct yeah, and then ran three fifty five outdoors three fifty six, in the fifteen. Yep. All right. Well, those are pretty stellar, PRs. Um. And thank you for having me. Um, honored to be your first guest. Of course, of course, of course. Um, I look up to you, even though you are three years younger than me. I look up to you in terms of your work ethic and everything. So, thank you. Appreciate that. Of course, we need more people like you on this team, and just more people like you around in the sport. So, um, let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, so kind of how is how do you start running like? Yes, the year you started and how was like your first early years in the joining the sport? I mean, I, it's not easy for everyone to, you know, stick with a stick with a training plan. So how kind of you did you adapt to that? Um, yeah, so I started running originally in order to just get in shape for basketball season. Um, I played basketball in middle school, elementary school, pretty much just all my life and I really had no intention of running but uh, the cross-country coach came to my middle school the, the high school cross-country coach at the time and he just said that he needed runners and he was like just looking for people um mm-hmm. that were willing to run a 5k so I was like okay I'll give it a shot um and then yeah I believe this was like yeah 2017 because it was my freshman year so yeah. that's when I started running and um yeah I mean when I started I wasn't very good I could barely even finish like uh two or three miles without like huffing and puffing but um yeah gotta start somewhere I guess yeah no completely understand you um so you couldn't you couldn't finish more than what a 15 20 minute run um was that like within your like first year or so or was that like the first couple runs like how long did it take you to kind of get used to you know running for a little bit longer and your body like how long did it take your body to adapt and what did you do to like did you do anything specifically to do that 
Oh, I'd say for, that was probably for like the first four or five weeks. Just felt really bad okay. like that. Um, and then I guess like just starting to be consistent. I mean, I wasn't in terrible shape. I just obviously wasn't in running shape. Um, never like anything that kind of intensity. I mean, in basketball, you get breaks all the time. So it's not really um, anything like running. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess just staying consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, so, all right. So you transitioned from basketball to running and use it as an outlet to kind of like get better on the court, right? Um, exactly, yeah. All right. At least so, that, that was the intention. In the intention, right. And then did you like fall in love with running at that point or did you go back to the court and realize that maybe this isn't for me? Like how did how did you pretty much like step away from basketball to focus um, on this? Okay. Okay, so if you want me to be honest, Monroe at the time, we didn't have, like, the craziest team. Um, and then we even had, like, a few – we had a few injuries towards uh, – getting towards the postseason, um, like our conference championships and our sectional championships. So me and another freshman ended up, like, being the last two um, guys on the varsity squad for okay. the postseason. And then, I don't know, I just kind of looked at that as, like, a big deal at the time. And I was like, wow, like, I'm already kind of just running varsity. I- I'm having fun while doing it. Um, I really like competing. So yeah. – um, I talked to my dad and I was like, I think I'm going to stick with this. Like, I think I'm going to go on the winter track and like try out the mile, two mile, like whatever I could. And um, yeah, maybe. And then if I don't like it there, then I'll go back to basketball. But I think I should give it a shot. So like play hypo, hypo, hypothetical, like if you didn't, let's say those people didn't get injured, right? What, what, like would you wouldn't have been on the varsity team? Do you think you had to come back to running like I'm assuming that the biggest part for you was being part of like that elite group of runners on your team at such a young age and like competing at like the bigger meets just because like your coach felt that you were good enough and you got a lot of motivation from that so if those injuries never happened do you think you would have found another way like a backdoor into running and later on in your high school career or um no idea um so I never really thought about that but I could definitely say I would have came back for cross country um I know that there's a bunch of kids that um like did cross country in the fall and then went on to other sports and in the winter and spring so that definitely would have been the thing and even then like even if I didn't do winter track I think I I still would have been able to do spring track and be successful there so um yeah if I'm being honest I think if those injuries never happened I probably would have tried out for the basketball team um and then yeah I would have just probably gotten like a later kind of start to my track career um in terms of like success yeah 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 okay so you would always have been in the sport at least later on I mean I've seen you on the courts uh I mean not like the actual basketball well it, the, you know we played outside a little couple of the team houses and you got some game I'm not gonna lie you're not the biggest guy in the room. You're not six foot or anything, but you have a good jump shot. Like I think, like if you follow through at basketball, you could do pretty well. But I'm I'm happy that running running went like the way you wanted it to, and kind of so so you started at Monroe, right? Monroe High School. What is that Central Jersey? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, Middlesex County, and it's Central Jersey, uh, Central Jersey Group 4. So for people that aren't, like, in New Jersey, listeners, 
Um, there's like four classes. Was there four classes to New Jersey sports? Um, group well groups. There's four groups, and it goes from like one to four. One being the smaller schools, and then as you go up, the bigger schools, meaning more kids, more competition, just more money and athletic budgets for going to those bigger meets. So competing group four, right? As you know, coming in as a freshman, that intimidate you? Or were you just focused on getting better at basketball? You really didn't have any goals like that first year? Um, so cross country, I remember that sectional race, actually, I came like, probably almost last, like bottom 10, I would say in the sectional race. Um, oh, okay. So obviously, like, yeah, it's just not very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just took it as like, this is my first season. It's not anything crazy. If I stick with it, like I should be able to um, move up in the future. And then um, in track season, again, like I, I just didn't know anything about that. Like, I didn't know what I could do in the mile or the two mile. Um, I, I was just kind of just going in blind. So, um, yeah. yeah, like not too intimidating. Okay. All right. And as you started to get better at running, right, did you started getting, you know. Then you definitely started to realize like, yeah, group group four is definitely very tough, especially um, Central Jersey. There's just a lot of really good high schools, a lot of good runners. Um, Yeah. Do you think that helped you prepare for college um, for at least collegiate running with, you know, there's a lot of big dogs in division three. Um, like you're not, a sh- you're not afraid of the spotlight. Like the, the group four gets all the spotlight in New Jersey running. Um, I mean, the top runners are from there um, just in like, in terms of the number size. Um, do you think that prepared you for like coming into college? Um. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Cause there's always someone better than me. Um, I definitely more than one person better than me. I mean, um, Vitter Palam is a big one from South Brunswick. He runs for UPenn now. Matt Gonzalez for Wilmington and um, Ben Goddish from Highland Park who runs for Northeastern now. Um, like all my age, all phenomenal runners. I don't think I ever beat like even one of them in a high school race. Um, so it's just like, you know, it, it's like, it's hard to develop an ego yeah. or anything like that when, when you're, kind of just losing all the time to like those bigger names so um it just kind of makes you like want to work harder and just get up there and then like be grateful for like what you have even if you said you didn't beat them like you still had a really good like high school career right at least times wise like places wise I know COVID kind of messed up uh some opportunities but you had some good times coming into college right oh yes so I guess yeah, we could like segue into a different topic here. So, um, junior year, or I guess I had a I had a good sophomore year uh, outdoor season. So that was twenty nineteen in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I went four thirty five for the sixteen hundred, which like for sophomores was, if I remember correctly, I think it was like top forty. Um, for like state of New Jersey, just at the time, like all groups, non public, public schools, everything. Um, okay. And then I went into my junior year, um, indoor. This was before COVID and I didn't really improve. I think like I, I ran 433 indoors was like my best. Um, and then COVID hit. So I obviously didn't have an outdoor season then in uh, 2020. Um, come back to 2021 indoors. I'm running same thing. Basically, my cross country season is a little bit better. Um, but I come back into track. I run 435, 434 again. So just really not getting better. Staying at the same level. Consistent though. Um, Consistent. Yeah. Um, my teammate, Jaden, who's two years younger than me, is coming in right now. If he hears this, then yeah, shout out to him. But um, 
he ended up finding out about this program called Run CCG. Um, you can find them on Instagram. And uh, he told me about it. He was like, "Listen, like I, I think we should, I think we should try this. Like all of his kids have drastic improvements. Um, it, it looks like a good opportunity for both of us to get better, to push each other." Um, so I looked into it, mm-hmm. and like with my dad, he looked into it with his dad, and we sided on it. And then, um, yeah, so like my spring outdoor season just ended up being like a, a crazy turnaround from the times I was running. I went from 4.33, 4.34, whatever I was running, to um, 4.22 by the end of the season. And then my two-mile time was only like 10.13. Um, and then I ended up dropping that down to 9.38. And That's then crazy even improvement. two fly and 800 as well towards the end. So, um, yeah. That is that is crazy improvement. And you're talking about a special program like Run, G, Run GCC, right? Uh, Run TCG. Run yeah, CCG. close. All right. Right, sorry about that um but yeah no i see it on my instagram page just because i have like a lot of running content um off topic but i was looking at the at the shane brosnan sean brosnan what taking up the ucla job and some people were commenting who's gonna trex who's, who's gonna train leo and lex young at newberry park which is a high school in california for people that don't know um, the very storied high school career or high school program, um, and the comments were like, "Uh, is Run CCG gonna end up training Lex and Leo?" I was gonna send this to you, um, but I just thought I would say it now. But I thought it was super funny. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it definitely is. Um, it is really funny. Coach Tim definitely like he's got to be one of the best coaches in the country, like for sure. I don't even think it's debatable. Just what he does, like he's able to take kids from whatever they run, um any ability, any mileage that they could handle and just make them like, like really draw out um, anyone to like their fullest potential. So um, yeah. yeah, shout out to Coach Tim. So speak, I guess, speak to, you know, every high school has a coach, right? Whether it be a, the football coach trying to do cross country and track and making you do sprints, which isn't the best way to train distance runners or any type of running. Um, every person in college, in high school comes from a different background. You come from more disciplined, more structured programs to programs where it really is a toss of depending on who the coach is. And that can make or break your high school career. That can make or break what colleges you get into because you're not running the same times as people, as coaches who are able to provide more structured training. So it really depends on like the opportunity that you are given, which sucks. Um, but you and your parents and friends decided to, you know, seek out better coaching, right? How did, how did your current coach at Monroe, like, take that? Like, if I was a coach at Monroe, and I thought, and I saw one of my kids, like, go out and get their own coaching, I would have you thrown off the team. I would kill you. Not kill you, but I would, (laughs) I would be very angry right because i'm spending all this time so how did you persuade your coach to kind of appreciate and come to the conclusion that that's this is the best way the best thing for you going forward um okay so yeah um i guess if i had to just put it simply is like the performances kind of spoke for themselves obviously when i first joined it um it was yeah, she just wasn't happy with it. But I mean, I guess, yeah, like you were saying, you could expect that from any coach when a kid just wants to leave their training. 
Um, and yeah, so our like our sixteen hundred meter school record at the time was four twenty seven. Um, Jaden and I both ended up going under that on like multiple occasions. I think I might have done it like four times. He probably did it like two or three times. And obviously, once once she saw that, she she just started to be okay with it. And I, I think we both ended up doing mm-hmm. it like a dual meet as well. Um, that was like the first time we did it. So when we did it in a dual meet, it's just kind of like, all right. So like th- this is for real. Like the the improvements there. Um, and I mean we were able to score from Monroe like that too. Um, I think like we scored the majority, if not actually, I think like all the points from Monroe at our sectional meet. Um, and maybe even our conference meet as well. Um, like just me and Jaden alone and him in the 800 and 1600, me in the 1600 and 3200. Um, so once you saw that, it was like, yeah, um, we'll let him continue on with that. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what were this, what were this, what were the performances that led exactly to you being able to like continue with your coaching? Um, okay, so we, we had that this one dual meet against East Brunswick. I spoke about him before, but um his name is Matt Gonzalez, um, one of the like better runners in my conference, mm-hmm. probably like top three distance runners. He wow. um we uh ended up running sixteen hundred um at at our high school. Um I think I, I took it out in like two twelve or whatever, and then he just like or I don't know, maybe a little bit slower at the time. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, he, like, just dropped the hammer at the end, um, kind of dropped me, but then that ended up, like, pulling me to a fast time and Jaden as well. And then, so, like, um, that was the first time when I had one under the school record that season, um, and it was in the dual meet. And then that's when, like, she kind of, like, that that was maybe three weeks after I joined the program, so, like, very, very recent. And, yeah, I, I'd say, like, that was definitely, like, kind of the deciding factor. Did she, like, put a ultimatum, like, on – not – that she put an ultimatum or like a time limit on like you know if you're not improving within the next month and a half you're it's you're going to the chopping block and you're kind of just not competing for Monroe was there any like that type of backlash um, um it was nothing it was never anything like that it was more just like at the beginning it was um the way she saw it like I don't know we, we just kind of had to see eye to eye and make an agreement of like okay, so you could train under him, but you have to be doing um, like workouts when we do workouts. You have to be doing easy runs when we do easy runs. Um, like all your long runs have to be on the weekend, obviously. And if you're cross training, like that has to be on the weekend too or something like that. Like just kind of be on like on par with the rest of my teammates were doing, even though I was doing harder stuff, if that makes sense. So how did coach Tim, right, uh, runs G- CCG? How, yeah. how did he take your coach – wanting for him to fit a specific schedule um was he super um was he super accommodating um how did he take that oh yeah he understands completely because he said that he's had a bunch of kids like that in the past where the high school coach just doesn't really agree with it um and obviously like the high school coach wants to take the credit for the kid of course so um with him it was he was very flexible he would adjust my schedule like how she wanted it um, also with her is like every time uh, Coach Tim would send me a schedule um, on like a week to week basis, he would send me a schedule on like a week to week basis starting on Sundays. So I would get my schedule from him on Sunday and then I would just send that over to my high school coach and then she would kind of just go over it. And then uh, she would be like, OK, tell him to change this or this or whatever, or you have to do this on this day, this on this day. And then I would just kind of like send that back to Coach Tim and be like, here, um, like, is this arrangement OK? And he would be 
okay with it like 99% of the time. So very, very understanding. So there was just a lot of back and forth when you finally had a system. That's, yes. Okay. Well, all right. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. I mean, that sounds like a really ideal situation. You get what you want. The coach at Monroe gets, you know, the good performances and can speak to, you know, how she trained you, even though she kind of didn't. Um, uh, so, so now leading, I guess, out of college or out of high school, right? You ha- run these really good times. Um, let's go to your college decision, like your college recruitment, I guess. What were the schools that you were looking for? What were the criteria that were you were looking for in like the best fit scenario? Yeah, so I, I feel like this is a question I get asked a lot and I normally really don't have an exact answer. Um, There's no school that I was just like, okay, I'm definitely yeah. going here. Um, But I had reached out to the URI coach. He basically sent me like some walk-on standards that I would have had to hit, which were like 940 and 426. Um, So hitting that like at the end of spring season, like I, I, I knew that those were attainable when he sent them to me um, with Ron CCG. So that was definitely like in the cards, I'd say. Um, and then also I did kind of want to stay in New Jersey um, mm-hmm. as well. So TCNJ was a big one um, as well as I did apply to Rowan. Uh, I know we have like the rivalry there, but I, yeah. um, I did have interest in Rowan as well. Um, not really Rutgers. And then there were definitely like um, some D2 schools as well, like Westchester and Caldwell were like kind of on my radar as well. Oh, and of course, um, Monmouth and Ryder too. Um, not really that I'm someone that was kind of like focused on what division I run at, obviously, but both state schools. So, yeah. So you kind of ultimately chose TCNJ. Sounds like, sounded like you had a, bunch of options to kind of go um how why specifically did you pick a smaller division three institution rather than i mean mammoth and rider they're more i wouldn't say storied programs they just have you know more money in their budget and they have bigger teams and they're able to go to the bigger meets um and especially for someone who I guess you put a you invested a lot in high school. At least like your parents invested a lot in I guess your running, right? They invested in a private coach and they really cared for you, which is great, which is perfect. Um a lot of I've, I feel like a lot of people wish for that. So, congrats. But the, do you think do you think the Vision 3 was the I guess a year in, do you think the Vision 3 was the right decision for you? Um, would you recommend it to other people? Like, how has been your experience at TCNJ? Um, okay, so, I mean, obviously, there's going to be people that have negative opinions, negative perceptions on yeah. Division Three. Um, and the way I look at it is, okay, so it, it's not like football. It's not like basketball where um, you just have, like, these large, very large budgets, very large pool, um, and every Division One school is elite at basketball and football. Um, for me, I feel like it's more just based on the program that the school has rather than, yep. than the, like the division of the actual school, um, especially like when it comes to distance running. Um, I think Coach Walker is a great coach. I think we have great guys that are very committed. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll be we can talk about uh, Michigan later on. But uh, yeah, so I think 
there's nothing wrong with going Division three, and it's been great so far. Um, we've still been able to go to like plenty of meets, like uh, huge meets, like uh, the Boston University Valentine invite. Um, Kevin ended up going to like UPenn for the Penn relays. Um, I know, and I think like Stu did Princeton like twice. So I mean, it, it definitely is like the harder you want to work, then you, if you want to, if you're willing to put in the work, then you can get into those bigger meets for sure. Exactly. No matter what you're doing. So exactly, and I think I think people can resonate with you know their is a bunch of people at who are really good at running um because of talent wise but talent takes you yet so far and you're saying like it doesn't matter about the situation right it it just matters about being disciplined it matters about putting in the hard work and you kind of take your own like path like i guess maybe that's one of the draws for running for you over basketball right you running is very individualistic you you carve your own path and at the end of the day if you're unhappy you're unhappy because you don't know that you didn't put in the work or just different things like that so I guess trying to over your last five years because you joined running your ninth grade right the last five years how have you seen yourself as a runner like change i know that's a broad question but like are there things that you do every time you have a new training cycle that you kind of adapt um i guess my that's my question oh okay so for me i'd say training wise i feel like everyone knows or um, i don't know about everyone but most people that know me know that I just tend to be a very hard worker, very stubborn um, when it comes to the aspect that like I, I have to like hit this mileage correctly. Um, I have to do this workout like perfectly. I can't like drop below this pace or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just always had like this, like this mindset that uh, like I, I've just got to execute perfectly in my training and then hopefully that carries over into the race. Um, yeah, so I'd say that. So you haven't been really, I guess to summarize, you haven't been super key on specific times. You've just been good about, you know, just letting the work speak for itself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer for sure. And um, like, trust yourself, believe in yourself, believe in the training, um, believe in your coach's training plan for you. Um, and if you just follow everything through, then like, I'm sure the times will come. And I mean, I feel like I've been finding success like that from run CCG and now TCNJ too. Yeah. So now talking about your freshman year at TCNJ, um, you come into, as we're both runners of the same program, it's a storied, storied division three program, competed very well for many years, kind of lost that in the last couple of years, but regaining, um, you know, trying to put a cement in the metro region in division three cross country and then going over to the track and tearing it up so with all that coming in as a very good freshman you ran 422 uh 939 and 32 correct correct yeah you come in as a very good recruit so 
how how did that summer going to your freshman year? How you're moving up in race distance from the 5K to the 8K. So it's an extra two miles of racing on top of all the grass and all the the different terrains. So it's it's gonna you're gonna your body's gonna have to adapt. Your training's gonna have to adapt so you're able to do it. So being sent the training plan and everything, how did what were a little individual adjustments that you made to better suit yourself for and be ready for cross country for college cross? So to be honest, the run TCG training plans that I would get from coach Tim, um, especially like during the buildup phase were very similar to like the ones that I got from coach Walker during the summer. And then um, even like the in-season workouts that I would get from coach Tim, um, like I guess some, some specifically like the 14 by 400 at, um, at 232 pace. And then we would get something like um, maybe like 12 by 400 or, or like cut downs um, starting at 5k pace from Walker during cross country. Um, so like, I guess coach Sam like really just did prepare me for college. Like a lot of the stuff we were doing was similar. And um, I feel like as a freshman going into TCNJ, I, I wasn't hitting anything higher than like 50 miles a week, which mm-hmm. I was already used to with coach Tim. So there wasn't really too much I had to adjust to, to be honest with you. Um, and I really do think that like last summer um, went like really smoothly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had no injuries. So um, yeah, I'd say like just that spring season had already kind of adjusted me into the swing of things for college. That's that's good to hear. So and then you transition to, I guess, end of August and you're coming in for preseason and you're meeting the team. What were your, I guess, initial reactions to meeting a bunch of kids who are at your level, better than you, worse than you and just having, uh, you know, 20 new buddies to you know, meet, run with, how was that? Um, no, we... uh, so, I, I mean, I'm not a very, uh, like, big believer in, in friendly fire. Um, when it comes to my teammates, I'm not, like, I don't, I don't really care if I lose to one of my teammates. That's yeah. not really, uh, you know, like, my thing, uh, personally. But, so, for me, it was just, like, okay, um, I mean, all like I think the first thing that we did was we uh we had like the the fire at Ridgewood, um that was like the first like huge like team gathering that we had and I thought everyone was like really cool that kind of, that kind of made me like fall in love with the team, um mm-hmm. and just TCNJ in general like just that first night there, um and then I come back next day and I think we're doing like uh, Tyler State Park like the workout I'm not sure if like it was the day after that exactly but um everyone just had like this crazy work ethic like regardless of speed regardless of the workout group. Um, like I, I just saw like no one was giving up. That was easily like the hardest workout I had in my life. Like up until that point, never done anything like that intense. Um, I actually, I did, uh, coach Tim never gave us hills. So, uh, mm. that was like the first time I've done a hill workout since like cross country 2020. And, um, yeah, I'd say, uh, for sure. Like, yeah, just the work ethic on, on this team is like, it, it's just something unreal. Like something that just wasn't, um, something that I didn't have around me in high school, I guess is a good way to put it. Like maybe only three or four kids had the same work ethic as me yeah. in my high school team. But over here now I got like 25 um, all surrounding me. It just makes things like so much easier. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And that's great to hear that. And I wasn't trying to say earlier that having people better than you, worse than you, it's like, like competitive. Well, it's, 
competition, not like you're going to try and beat your teammates. It's competition, like you're all trying to push each other to be the best. And as you said, like in workouts, regardless of, you know, your speed or workout group, like we're all trying really hard and it motivates each other to be our best. And it had a positive impact and impression on you coming in. And that's the biggest thing, you know, as for freshmen coming in is for them to kind of see the team culture and reflect on it and take away what they can from the program and add their little, I guess, personality or whatever they want onto the program and make it a little bit more diverse. So you, from running with you, you are super hardworking and you embrace our team culture and you're a great fit. So, I mean, coming in, you were in, had a good background. You had a very good high school program and that prepared you. So I guess jumping up to the AK, right? How, how was that? Like you have this support system behind you, you have a good team, you're prepared. If you you're inspired to, you know, be the best runner you can be like, how did you tackle the 8K? Like, it's very intimidating, especially as a freshman, to come in and run the longest distance possible for at least Division three. Like, it's it's a big ask. So how did you prepare yourself? Um, okay, so I'd say it, it's a lot of the same things that I'm kind of working on now going into the season. Um, obviously, being more of a mid-distance runner, 1,500-mile uh, being like my main event running five flat pace isn't terrible. Like I definitely mm -hmm. have a pretty good rhythm at it, but it's just getting that aerobic base up. Um, I think like the 50 miles in summer, um, like by like peaking at 50 miles per week in the summer. Um, I don't know. It just, it just made it a little bit tougher when I had to actually get mm -hmm. into the race and try to hold that pace for like, well, obviously not five flat. I think that that's my goal for this year. But um, I think I, I was trying to aim for maybe like five fifteen pace. And even then, like it was just, it was really difficult for me. Um, yeah, just trying to hold that for like that extended period of time when I think that was uh, probably right around like where my high school 5K PR was. I might have even split my high school 5K PR into 8K, which is just wow. like crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, I'd say definitely the, the challenging thing is just getting the mileage up, getting your body used to that. Yeah. Um, just something I'm trying to work on now going into this season and hopefully just have a better one. So, yeah, so it sounded like like you performed really well. Um you 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 know you PR'd in the 5k racing in 8k and were able to finish out the last two miles or last 3k going the same pace or even faster that's that's pretty impressive like did you realize in the moment that your fitness has come all the way at that point I think I did yeah because at that point it was like been training straight through from June all the way through till November which is like I feel like just something I've never really done in high school. Um, we we would take like down weeks pretty often. Sometimes I wouldn't even like track my mileage, but everything was like very structured for a very extended period of time. I would say um, during that season, I was tracking everything, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it was definitely a lot different. And like, you could just tell, like, I don't know, it's just a great feeling when you go into the NJAC championship race. Um, and it's just like, wow. Um, like I really made it like all the way this far. And I think like this year is going to be even better. Um, like now running 70, 75 mile weeks going into November, I think 
um, I'm definitely going to be in a good position. Yeah, and you're talking a lot and you're very enthusiastic about this upcoming cross-country season. Um, so let's talk about that. Like, what are your goals coming in? Like, you had a full year of college running. Um, you know this team. Um, you know what the expectations are. Um, what what is the what are the goals for you? Like, what? Uh, so obviously the main goal is we want to go to Michigan. Um, I mean it's really unfortunate that only seven or eight of us get to go, but um, I, I mean I'm hoping I, I could just do my best and try to help our team get there. Um, I mean, I really do feel like this is the year I told Walker like all the way back in track season that like, this is probably going to be the best cross country season we have in like the next 10 years or so. Um, I mean, just having like you and Matt Smith and just other guys come back for the fifth year and um, like the incoming recruits, I guess, Brandon Chen and uh, Kevin Matthews, name a few, just like phenomenal in high school. Um, and then obviously like the other returners that we have in between, it's just, oh my God, I think it's going to be a scary sight. Like, I think we're looking really good and um, Rowan and Haverford are going to be tough to beat, but I really do think that we have a chance to beat it, to beat them and uh, to get to Michigan. So, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. We have, um, I guess we can speak about, we have a really good senior leadership on this team. And we have really good incoming class. So how, I guess you were in the position that the incoming freshmen were last year. What are, what do you want to do to inspire them to perform the best? Because one thing that I take away from at least my college coach is that he doesn't expect the freshmen to contribute right away. Um, just because, you know, they, they come through a late high school season and some go compete into the summer, you know, whether you're like a national qualifier, you compete in like June, like mid June, like, and then you have to take your two weeks and then you start summer training. Like how, what are you going to do to, I guess, want to inspire them to be the best? And what did you learn your freshman year that will help with that? Um, Okay, so I would say that it was definitely frustrating at first when I had to come in and I would see in my workout group, everyone else would be hitting like 70, 80 miles and then I'd only be running like 45, 50. Um, I mean, obviously, like having the, the mindset that I do, um, I like I, I want to be running those 70, 80 miles as well. Um, even if it, if, if it was too much for me at the time and I didn't know it, like I, I just don't want to be taking a backseat really. Um, like if, if they're putting in that work, then I want to be putting in that work too. Um, but you got to understand like everything is for a reason. And I kind of learned that as the season went on. Um, I have three more years to go. Um, I'm, I'm still training with them. I'm doing all the workouts with them. My mileage is just a little bit lower to keep me healthier and get me like more into mm-hmm. the swing of things. And I would probably just tell that to the incoming freshmen as well. Um, just be patient. You don't have to be uh, like Graham Tui in your freshman year. Um, it's just, yeah. Um, just be patient. Yeah, disclosure, uh, some of the runners that we speak about, uh, probably the listeners don't know who they are. Um, Graham Tooley is what? A freshman or just completed his, completed his freshman year at Williams, which is another Division three powerhouse. Uh, and he ran, what, 14 flat in the 5K? Uh, was that indoors or outdoors? Oh, uh, yeah, I think he did that indoors and 
he came like second or third neither the 10 carry the 5k outdoors in the nationals that's yeah there is a a lot of people don't realize that division three running is insane like we we may not have the depth the depth that uh division one has but there is some there's some quick people there's some really quick people um so that's like that's good to i guess think about like we can compete with some of the best runners in the world or not the world in the u.s at least in division three and it's exciting to you know i didn't expect myself to be in this position in high school like i did not like i ran oh my god i was oh my god i don't even want to talk about it but um i did not expect to be in this position ever and thank to my coach and thank to my teammates that we are in this position and um i guess we talked about the goals for you but what do you see as the goals for like the upcoming season like you as i said like we are returning some great people um like very strong contributors and then we're coming in with a crazy incoming class and i won't talk about it on this podcast because like they're also not here and it's not all finalized yet so you never know some person might end up you know quitting the team or whatever just because you know college can be different for everyone and you know stresses can get so i don't want to talk about it but on on paper we look very strong so what do you see as a team goals going forward um okay so jack would tell us last year um yeah shout out jack great captain um that the meets to show out at at the beginning were the Paul Shore invite and also the Rowan Border Battle. And I think that this year it's going to be the Paul Shore invite and the Connecticut College invite. And the reason I say that is because even if we end up losing to Haverford or Rowan um, at the regional meet, then I think if we're able to put good enough performances to get ourselves high up the national rankings that early, um, that might be able to have like some pull as a wild card, as opposed to last season where we really didn't have like those team performances, um, even though we really came together towards the end of the season. Um, we didn't have the, like the team performances and the accolades that the other teams did um, to get a wild card for nationals. So um, I think if we're able to do that this year um, and just be strong all the way through, then it's more of like a, like we'll kind of have a, like a safety option. True. True. Very true. So where, where is the, so you want us to kind of be in a position where we're performing strong early on. And being like, you know, we compete for whether it be we compete for the at large. So how the Division Three National Championship works, at least for qualifying, is that the winner of every region gets an automatic bid. And then I think it's I forget how many at large bids there are. I think there's like maybe 10. I could be wrong, but some all regions differ in terms of difficulty there's some regions that have excellent programs and some regions that have really bad programs it's just the nature of how the regions were aligned and for us we're in a region that's a little bit on average a little worse off um only one team made it out last year and that was the automatic bin that was Haverford and we came second last year and we were a very strong team like we were a very good team um but we didn't make it on the points. 
And I think part of the reason why is because we didn't perform at the bigger meets like Paul Short, which is the big cross-country invitational at Lehigh University, like early October. And then Border Battle at Rowan University, we didn't compete as a team as well. And we didn't do so well. And then I think that's what hindered us. So what do you think that we need to make adjustments to kind of perform like early on in the season or it's honestly, it doesn't really matter. And it all comes down to that one weekend in, in regionals the word to make it happen. So I think last year during the board, uh, the border battle race, it was like just terrible conditions. It was 95 mm. degrees. It felt like 95 degrees to me at least. Um, just very humid, dry. Um, and it just it wasn't really a good day for any of us. Um, that's also when I think Kevin, one of our top runners and our top returners, uh, went out with like uh, an ankle injury. Um, so like obviously that didn't help my team score. Um, just unfortunate. And then uh, like nothing you could do about that. And then same thing at, at Paul Short. Um, Jack ended up uh, getting sick. Also one of our top runners um, last season. So again, unfortunate. Just nothing you could do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, I think like we have more depth that, um, if something like that were to happen again, um, which I mean, you pray it doesn't, but you gotta be prepared just in case it does. Like if someone just gets sick or injured or held out for another reason, um, then I do think that we have other people that could step up, um, like in that top 10 that we bring to those meets that will definitely be able to like cover and, um, still put us in a position to where we could score a lot of points and, um, like get us onto those rankings. Big time. And it's all about performing at any meet that you're given and taking the most of those opportunities. I mean, it's true. Um, so those those sound like, I guess, from you and I sharing our goals, big goals to talk about. So, I mean, that's good that we have a good direction for this team. Um, so let's let's kind of step back and about running. Um, talk about I guess something else because everyone identifies as a runner but then there's also like the other 50% of who they are and what makes them human like Michael Rodriguez is not just a runner he's somebody else Um, he used to be a basketball player he used to be I don't know for the people that don't know you I mean what are you what are your hobbies like what do you do outside of running besides sleep and eat like we I understand you do those and those take up a lot of your time. What do you do outside of those things that, you know, make you, you? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm a business major as well at TCNJ. I'm focusing specifically on management um, as well as that, um, like hobby wise, I still enjoy playing basketball. I like to swim. I like to hang out with my friends. Um, we recently got a lake house um, down by, I believe, um, Manahawkin. That's awesome. And uh, we've been spending a bunch of time down there, and it's just been really fun to be at the beach. Um, We have, like, a jet ski coming in soon. Recently got my boater's license. Um, So, yeah. um, Yeah. Okay. So, you're a part-time, what, boater? How's that going for you? Um, I mean, it's, it's been fun so far. I haven't been doing too much. I got it like a month ago. Um, I think the class was like an eight hour session for it, but, um, that's dreadful. That's awful. 
<laughs> no, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, no complaints. You're able to go like out to the bay right from like right from the house. Um, which is, I mean, I feel like that's really cool because, yeah, a lot of people don't have access to that. If you want to go jet skiing, obviously, like you probably have to go out to a place and just rent it like that. Or yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. so you spend your time on the water. All right. Um. All right. Let's uh, favorite favorite type of music. Favorite type of music. Um. I guess I would probably have to go with like hip hop or R and B. Um. Okay. All right. I don't know if you read my Strava logs. Obviously, I oh my god, I use like so many Drake quotes. I try to like hold back on that, but like the old Drake, um, like Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, or like two of my favorite albums. Um. Also, I'm pretty big fan of like the old Weekend, um, like Trilogy, House of Balloons, Mixtape. Um, yeah. So I guess hip hop R and B would be like two of my bigger ones. Okay, that's that's kind of fire. That's kind of good taste in music. Good and taste the music. Love the uh, love the R and B and the rap. Um, do you spend do you spend times before races? Right? Do you like? Is there a certain type of song you listen to, or do you just not listen to music? Like, just try to keep a clear head. Um, like, do you have any pre race rituals? Um. So I mean, obviously, I listen to music like the whole bus ride there. I mean. I don't know. I don't really have like any specific songs, um. But I mean, I don't know. Like you, you can pick anything like drill music. Um, there's this dude like named Busy Banks. He makes like some pretty good drill music, like just to get you hyped up. Um, obviously, uh, Fabio Foreign, like off the grid on the Kanye album is a good one to use too. Um, yeah. But I don't really have any previous rituals. I think it's probably about it. Drill music. That's uh, I don't think I've ever heard of that type of music drill music huh it's awesome so is it just like is it just what it's, ba- it's basically like? rap it's like the same thing oh just... oh okay so it's so just straight rap yeah nice all right um all right so you don't have any so you just listen to you know pumped up kind of music before races that's i mean do you have any like post race? What do you do when you have a bad race? Do you do, you do anything? Do you dwell on it? Like, do you, what's your mentality after like a not so good race? After a not so good race, so I'm normally not someone to like dwell on something. I always just look forward. I, I try not to like look back at my bad races. Um, I just kind of look like look forward to the next one. Um. I mean, I'll acknowledge the mistakes I made, but I feel like there's nothing you do to go back and change it. Obviously, like after border battle, I think I, I ran like a, a 29 30 or something like that. And I, I was just, I was so out of it for the whole day. I, I just, I was like so depressed about it. Um, and I was like, this isn't me. Um, like, I, I don't know why I'm doing this now. I've never really done it before. So like I, I next day I just woke up and I was just ready to get back to work. And um, yeah, I just moved on. Um, and then I think in, in the track season, um, same kind of thing. I, I had a, a bad race in an open 800, um, like the week before NJAX, kind of just looked past it. I was like, okay, um, just got to do better where it counts. And then ended up having good performance there. So you kind of just, you don't dwell on it at all. You're pretty, 
pretty resilient in that kind of aspect. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is just um, kind of acknowledge that you have a bunch of fitness built up. Um, you've been working hard all season. That one bad race isn't going to kill you. Um, and there's always another one to look forward to. It's facts. Facts. I believe in that. Um, all right. Do you trying to think of more questions to ask? So you got your favorite type of music. You got your pre-race, post-race kind of situations. All right. If you if you were to go, I think I got this from one of the podcasts I listened to, but I think it's Sidious Mag. And I kind of like the question, but I'm not going to do this all the time. But if you were to go on a run with someone, right, and pick anywhere in the world, and pick anyone in history, whether it be living or like dead, who would you go with? And where would you go? I'd probably pick Elliot Kipchoge. And I think it was just, it would just be to get his wisdom. Like I truly do think that that man like learned how to conquer, um, just how to like actually conquer the mind, like running a 159.40 marathon, um, to be able to hold that kind of pace for that long, um like i don't know it's just crazy to me and the, the fact that like he he never has any strain on his face when he's doing it too um and even the fact that like he just kind of kept going uh like ran through the finish line didn't even look tired when he did it um i feel like there's just something Gosh. that he knows that we don't so um i think it'd be nice to kind of like get his wisdom his insight and kind of use that to help me so yeah that's why i would pick him i mean facts dude he's uh with even with all the technology and all the Nike investments, the guy is super talented. Like he may have had like the most ideal situation for running a marathon. Um, I don't know if you put anyone else, they could accomplish the same thing Kipchoge could have done. So that's a. So where would you go? You you said Kipchoge, but where would you go? I would say either Boulder or Flagstaff just because they're hyped up the most. And I don't really see me going there in the near future um, unless it's like with teammates. So, yeah, I would say Boulder or Flagstaff. Boulder or Flagstaff. I was uh, serving at the – this is not off topic, but I was serving at the restaurant um, or at a restaurant a couple days ago and I had these two customers. And they both were from Boulder. And, you know, I usually, like, as a waiter, I just try to get small talk and, you know, try to try to make a conversation and hopefully help with the tip money, you know, any way I can. But these two people were from Boulder. And the lady and the guy, they were just, like, so many runners, so many. They kept on talking about mags. They kept on talking about all the pro running and it was like insane to hear. Like they're just a bunch of locals. They don't really run. I mean, the woman trained for, I think the Boulder marathon. So like that's, that's in it in itself, uh, like an amazing accomplishment. But I, I agree. Like Boulder is like the place to go. And like, that's literally like how pro running is. Like it's either you go to Boulder, you go to Flagstaff, go to any like high altitude training and you kind of like trying to maximize your opportunities. Do you think 
like in the future, like you still got after this year, you still got two years left for running. Do you think you'll try to um like get out of New Jersey and kind of explore and maximize like the potential that you could get out of summer training? Um, I would definitely be trying to go with someone else though. Um, so yes, I, I am interested, but I just I, I can't see me doing all that training by myself. Um I have a friend that that's there right now, actually. Um, Joey, shout out Joey. He goes to Caldwell. Um, had a really good season. He's running like ninety miles a week. Um, at Flagstaff. Um, and yeah, I think it would be really fun. I read I read some stat that like over eighty percent of the people in the five k at uh at Worlds like train at altitude. So I mean, wow. like the the benefits are there. So um, yeah. That's that's awesome. I didn't. I mean, I knew like a lot of people go out to high altitude camps or they go for a couple of weeks, but 80% of world of the 5k field at worlds, that's pretty impressive. And I guess talking about worlds, like, you know, there's been a, like a lot of big record, I guess, chasing and like fast times, like you're a 1500 guy and it's, it was awesome to see like Jakob finally finally lose um even though great runner little little egotistical um but great runner and i hope the best for him but it was awesome to see him lose to um jake whiteman and i guess as a mile fan like how what were your interpretation like like finally people were able to see like Jakob is beatable like yeah he won the gold medal and he runs really fast but like you know someone who wasn't like someone like Jake like wasn't really in it to win it at least in people's minds but he did it he had the most energy with the last 200 to go and he was able to rip a fast 200 at the end like how how does that like how does that motivate you for your mile racing like does it so yeah with Jake Weidman I saw his uh, post-race interview and something really interesting that he said was that um he looked at the field, um, I think, after Tokyo, um, after, like, he said he didn't have a good performance there, and that he said, okay, if we were to change this from the mile distance to – or the 1,500 meters, same thing, um, to the 5K, that he would lose to pretty much every single person in the field. Yeah. So he wanted to work more on his aerobic strength um, and just build up the mileage and get better at the 1,500 like that. And I feel like people look at the 800 as, like, a really hard event. The 5K is a really hard event. And the mile is like a little bit of like an easier event, but I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like to be a good miler, like a, a really good mile of 1500 meter runner, you have to have the 800 speed, but you also have to have the aerobic strength, um, kind of like just what Jake Wadman was saying. And that is like, what's huge to me. And I feel like that's kind of like what I took away from him. So I'm definitely going to try to uh, convince coach Walker to put me in some five Ks, um, try to just drop my time in that. And then I think the 800 speed will definitely come. And then, um yeah we'll hopefully chase the school record with Kevin yeah no you guys are um it was awesome to hear like his I think how it works is that his dad is his coach um and his dad was actually announcing at Eugene Stadium I, I think that's like the name of the stadium but his dad was announcing the race like live on the PA like system while his like son was winning the like en route to winning the 1500 and like as a dad like he like as 
as a dad, you would want to scream for your kid, but he couldn't. Like he couldn't because like he couldn't be biased towards his kid. Like they wouldn't let him commentate, um, which I thought was like really, really weird. But actually, like kind of cool. Like his dad was able to see it, like, like, like on the home stretch, like from the PA box, which was awesome. Um, but for like a lot of pro running, it's changing. People are getting faster. Like I think World Athletics, they like release, they're releasing their entry. I guess their world standards for 2023 and i think it's at in budapest in hungary um the 1500 is going to go down from 335 to 333 um which is a full two seconds and that's like unheard of usually like changes half a second but not a full two seconds and like it's not even at like the professional running it's not even that professional level where everyone's getting faster it's like Division one, division two, division three, any type of running, it's getting faster. Like in division three, we had what one kid break four um in indoor, and then um outdoor you had a bunch of kids who like converted, ran like 401, 402, which is insane. Like if you saw like division three national qualifying list, like for this past national, like for outdoor nationals, it was insane. You had I think they take like the top 20 in each event and in like years prior, you would, you could, you could make it in with a three fifty two, three fifty three for the 15. But like, I think this, yeah, year, this year you needed, you needed like three forty seven, maybe a little bit faster. Yeah. That's a, that's like maybe four or five seconds, four seconds. I'm maybe not five, but four seconds. That's insane. Um, So it's exciting to be around like really fast like people and be in a really fast division so how like where do you see like yourself in the next four years competing like do you have specific time goals you want to get to i don't know like at least from like my personal relationship with you like you think very highly of yourself like do you want to have you have like specific time goals to make national or like specific to make nationals at some point? Um, well, yeah, I think that's definitely like the end game goal. Um, even maybe junior year would be very nice, but um, obviously I only have one more year with Kevin, which is going to be unfortunate. But then again, like I had Brandon Chan, Kevin Matthews, and everyone else in the mid distance group who's um, like still coming up. And as far as like competitors, Eric from Stockton. 413 as a freshman there was two Carnegie Mellon freshmen um that went like 347 349 in the 1500 another one that went 355 like maybe wow two milliseconds behind me um at regionals so like to have three kids my age um from the same school competing in my region and then another one from one in my own conference I think um like that's just huge and that'll definitely be like the competition I need to push me in the future so yeah no that's uh it's amazing that you have a lot of people around you to kind of, you know, go to like higher levels. And it's, uh, it's insane to kind of see that, I guess it's exciting for you to kind of test the waters and see where you're going to be in like three years. Like you could, you could be a national champion in three years. Like you work really hard. Like the, this first episode could in three years, you could be looking on it and back on it and, you're running 
what 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 wins nationals i think last year i think the spring nationals was one in a 345 in the 15 which is pretty pretty good that's a 402 403 mile so like you think you're going to get you tied my whole i'm assuming you want to get there like is that the goal oh uh, uh, yeah i'd say if not even a little bit faster um i mean I don't really want to go out there and say like sub four is a goal right now because not yeah, yeah. is four oh nine. Um, but I think that in time, like I'm not obviously, again, people that know me, people that have seen me race, like they know that I'm not really like a tactical racer. I really like to just go out there, um, and make every race like as fast as possible. Um, so I think that if I do put myself in the position where, um, you know, two or three years from now, um, I am able to run with like some of the best division three runners in the country, um that I really would not mind running up, up front at nationals and kind of making it like an honest pace um, or just any invitational, whether there's division one runners, division two runners, I, I'm not want to get You're intimidated. Um, I'll push the pace on them too. Um, I'll try to get myself um best position as possible to be ready for nationals when, um, when it does take that fast pace to win. So um, yeah. All right. Um, Already here first. Uh, this kid's gonna run three fifty in the mile in uh, three years time. <laughs> kidding? Uh, maybe. You don't know. <laughs> Someone's gotta take Cole Hawker's place. The kid's not performing. <laughs> kidding. Um. All right. I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, hold on. Just gonna. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up here. And thank you, Mike for coming on um yeah 